hallelujah. Somebody shout, the seed matters. Somebody shout, the seed matters. But this, I want you to say this as well, the soul matters. I want to teach for just a moment as you're standing on your feet. I believe the Lord was trying to do something in the midst of worship. And then Pastor Cole tried to come and seal what the Lord was trying to do in worship. And here's why it does matter the word that goes forth, but it also matters the soil that is tilled before the word goes forth. Whenever you look throughout the Bible, the Bible will say, don't, don't quench the spirit. It would also say, don't grieve the spirit. And I want you to understand, I believe the song that the worship team sung was so fitting. It said, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And hear this, whenever you have a guest, many times people have in homes called guest rooms. Or, and then you limit the guests to where you say they can go. So in other words, if we're saying we're welcoming the spirit, watch this. He can only give work and do work where you give him access to. So what Pastor Cole and the worship team was trying to do is if we're going to declare, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Every word that is going forth, you have free reign and access in my life. And watch what many people do. Many people come to church and the word may be good, but their soul is not prepared. And God says, I need access. And listen, he's, I, I heard this. Uh, I heard one worship leader says that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's never going to go where he's not given access. So in this moment, I want us to lift our hands as a sign to surrender. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Tell, tell the Spirit he's welcome here. Every area of our life, we may have hidden things from our mom, but Holy Spirit, you're welcome there. We may have hidden things from our friends, but Holy Spirit, you are welcome there. God, you are welcome. You have free access in our life on this morning. God, not allow the seed to be good, but the soil of our lives not to be good as well. God, you have free access, God, we pray. And every heart that says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I, I want you to take up your Bibles. Many times we do a lot of things in church and we don't understand why we're doing them. I wanted to give us a little bit of clarity as to why we do what we do. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Some familiar faces and some not. But I pray that the Lord says something to you this morning that will make your journey lighter. That you may run on and see what the end is going to be. I've been on, a, on this series called Set Your House in Order. And I want to culminate this series on this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. I want us to go to verse number 10. And I'm going to be looking at verses 10 through 13. If you don't have your Bibles, it should be on your screen. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible declares, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens. Somebody say, that's Christ. That he might fulfill all things. Verse 11 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints. Somebody say, that's me for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ and here's the good news till we all come to the unity of the faith 
and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Somebody say that's order. I want to read verse 13 again till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning, the discipline of order, the discipline of order. Somebody say the discipline of order. Here's what I need us to understand. Starting something is one thing, but sustaining that thing is what many struggle with. Y'all know many people know how to start the relationship, but not a lot of people know how to sustain a relationship. Many people know how to start a business, but many people don't know how to sustain a business. Many people know how to start a ministry, but not a lot of people know how to sustain a ministry. Because sustaining, watch this, requires discipline. Somebody shout discipline. And it's no different with sustaining order in our lives. If we want to set our houses in order, it's one thing to start and establish order, but our desire must be that order be sustained. And if we want it to be sustained, we need discipline. And here's one of the reasons why many believers can have a desire for order, can know God's design for order, can get revelation concerning God's doctrine for order. And the reason that order is not sustaining in their their lives is because many of us do not like discipline. Uh, I hope y'all with me this morning. We don't like discipline. And somebody may be saying, why, why, why discipline? Because I believe many believers like the desire. They like the design. They even like the doctrine of order. But many believers just don't like discipline. Even in the natural, many of us like the idea of losing weight, but many of us don't like the discipline to sustain it. We all want that summer body. say, Say, I want that summer body. But, but we don't like the discipline to sustain it. Many of us like the idea of wealth, but many of us don't like the discipline to ma- maintain it. Y'all know how to spend money, but we don't know how to keep money. Somebody say that's discipline. Many of us like the, the idea of wisdom, but many of us don't like the discipline to obtain it. Y'all think it's good to have the degree, but nobody wants to go to school. And it requires discipline. And the sad reality is many don't like discipline in the natural and neither do you like discipline in the spirit. We need discipline in here. And here this disorder is the fruit of the undisciplined. I hope y'all heard what I just said. Many times when we see people who have a lot of disorder in their lives, the reason why there's disorder in their lives is because they're undisciplined. Tell your neighbor, don't be undisciplined. If I want order in my life, I got to have some level of discipline. And that's why many to include believers live in disorder because they don't like discipline. And here's a word of wisdom. The quality of the disciple is determined by their level of their discipline. I hope y'all just heard what I just said. If I, if I want to be a quality or an effective disciple, I've got to have some level of discipline. Because many of us watch this, ministers know how to go to M- through MIT training, but none of them have the level of discipline to walk out what they've been taught. Somebody say, I need discipline. So, so, so we, we can't just like this idea of order and not have discipline on, upon our lives. So if we want to be effective as a disciple, we've got to be disciplined. And this is why Hebrews 12, 11 reminds us that no discipline seems pleasant at first, but this text also instructs us that discipline is necessary. Discipline is necessary for order to be set in our lives and discipline is necessary for that order to be sustained. 
because there's not enough for order to be set in our lives, but order must be sustained. And therefore, if we desire to see the fruit of order in our lives, then the critical questions we must ask ourselves is how do we lay a foundation for discipline in our lives? Many of us want to be disciplined, but we don't know how to lay a foundation for discipline. We've got to ask ourselves what is required to have the discipline of of order for our lives. And I believe in our text, we find the answers to these questions. Paul reveals how we can obtain discipline so that the order of God in our lives might be sustained. And I believe if we heed the instructions of Paul in our foundational text, then we can receive power so that order might be perpetual. And that power, somebody say, is discipline. Yeah, I want to drop something off before we examine our text. It's critical to understand that order that's been established will always produce an enemy. Whenever you establish order in your life, there will, it will always produce an enemy, an enemy. And many times we wonder why we struggle with, with laying the foundation for order in our lives because the devil will always come against, watch this, your discipline. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? I believe it's on our screen. I need us to see Matthew um, chapter 12, verse 43 through 45. Notice what the text says. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Watch what verse 44 says. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. I need y'all to know this disorder is a spirit. Somebody say disorder is a spirit. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Notice what the Bible says. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. Well, somebody may be saying, what am I trying to say? When you attempt to have discipline, there will always be an attempt of the devil. So many times we struggle and we wonder, I tried to be disciplined in this order, but that cake just looks so good. Somebody say, it's the devil. I know y'all don't like that, but that's the devil. That's why we tell Charlotte, don't break them cakes. Them cakes come once a year. Because, and it's true. Whenever you try to establish this level of discipline, some level of temptation finds, the, finds its way at your doorstep. Because anytime you produce discipline, it will also produce a devil. So hear this. I don't want us to get so enamored and think it's a setback in our life, but somebody say it's a scheme. So whenever I get into this place where I try to establish discipline, somebody say, expect the devil. So I needed to get that out of the way because watch this, because this word is going to go forth, we got to expect the devil. As soon as we try to establish some level of discipline in our lives and the Bible says when the devil, the enemy sees that we've set our house in order, he's going to send a scheme. Now I want us to examine our text. Let's look at verse number 10. The Bible says... He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fulfill all things. I want us to stop right there. Your ability to sustain order is dependent upon your standard of discipline. You've got to have a standard. Somebody say, I need a standard. And, And hear this. Therefore, where there is no standard, discipline will never be sustained. And although many may not like this, watch this. It's easy to quit a marriage when I've never had a standard for marriage. It's easy to give up on ministry when I've never had a standard for ministry. And watch this, many folk, I know y'all don't like this, but it's easy to give up the baby when I've never had a standard for motherhood. Somebody say, I need a standard. 
And many of us are struggling with the issues of life because we've never had, watch this, a natural standard. But tell your neighbor, I don't need a natural standard. Somebody may be saying why. And this is why the discipline for order requires a standard, and that standard is Christ. Somebody say the standard is Christ. Notice how Paul speaks of Christ in this manner in our foundational text. The Bible says he ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fulfill all things. In other words, Paul is saying that Christ is a standard above all standards. And that includes our standard for order in our lives. And somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, I get all of that. I know that Christ is the standard that we should be pursuing. But somebody may be saying, why is that significant? Because you can never maintain order void of a model for order. And many of us watch this, and I've said this throughout the series, our model for order was everything other than Christ. It was the organization that I was involved in. It was the church that I went to. It was the pastor that I thought was so good for my life. And we put them, watch this, in places that they should not have been. Oh, God. And watch this. We've created idols out of things that should have never been a standard. Christ says, I'm the standard. I've ascended above all things. And this is why if we desire to have the discipline for order, Jesus must be our standard. I know that might not be so deep for some of y'all, but that's good news to me. And listen, don't make your pastor the standard that he does not deserve. Did y'all hear what I just said? Don't make me a standard. Somebody say, don't make Pastor Keith a standard. And herein lies one of the reasons why many believers fail to have discipline for order. Because they fail to have a standard for order. And watch this, if they do have a standard, that standard fails to be Jesus. And watch this, I believe it's on our screen. Notice what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says. The Bible says, the writer of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That means if discipline for order has been difficult in your life, the question you have to ask yourself is, who have I been looking unto? Who do you look to as your standard? I get it. I, mentors are good, but they're not my standard. My mama is good, but she's not my standard. And here's the problem with many of us. When we try to establish order in our lives, we're putting people in places that only belong to Christ. And I'm sorry to tell you, but your mentor is not the standard. Your man is not the standard and your mama is not the standard. It is Christ and Christ alone. And this is why the discipline of, for order is not sustained in the lives of many believers because we make man our standard. And when man fails us, so does our discipline. Because the one that I put all my trust in now fails my own level of order in my own life. Y'all ever seen folk that go to church and they look like they love God, that they got so much trust in God, but as soon as their pastor fails, they find themselves no longer looking like God. I don't want my walk in God to be dependent upon a standard on somebody's life that can't uphold the standard. Listen, Pastor Keith can't uphold the standard. I don't care how much y'all like me. And this is why I tell y'all all time and time again, your pastor is subject to fail because I'm wrapped in flesh. And the only one that was fully man, yet fully God, was Jesus Christ. So my standard has to be him. This is why folk, they put a man on a pedestal that they should not be. And watch this, when they man fail, see, that's why I don't do men no more. 
Every man is the same, but not this man they call Jesus from Nazareth. Somebody say Jesus is the standard. Ooh, that's good news to me. This is why, watch this, the psalmist declared this in Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but I, we will remember the name of the Lord our God. In other words, his standard was the Lord. And watch this, despite what seems like success and other things, Christ would remain his standard. Somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because notice what verse 8a says of Psalm 20. They have bowed down and fallen. The, The psalmist is speaking of these chariots and horses. That means whenever your standard is man over the Messiah, that man will always fail. I'm sorry, y'all. If if you put your standard in anybody who's wrapped up in flesh, that standard would always fail. Listen, I love my brother-in-law, Minister Dominique. He's a disciplined young man. But I've got to know that at some point he's going to fail. I know that I love my wife and she looks like she's in the third heavens when she's up here. But I trust you at some point that daughter going to fail. Okay. Y'all catch her at the wrong time. She going to fail. That, 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 that's, that's why y'all be looking at me crazy sometimes because I will fail. Oh, and this is why. Watch this. Isaiah says, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will lift my hand in an oath to the nations and set up my standard for the people because it is the Lord that sets the standard and the Lord alone is the standard. So stop making your man the standard. Stop making your mentor the standard. Stop making your mama the standard. And watch this. Some people will invite you in their lives when they know you made them the standard. And many people want to use that to their advantage. I've seen folk give their whole check away to a pastor because they made their pastor the standard. They did not listen to the spirit because they had made a man a standard. This is why folk will let men beat them down their whole life. I'm going to hold on because the Bible says that the saved wife will save the unsaved man. No, if they beating up you upside the head, you've made them a standard that they did not deserve. And we've got to be so careful. We can love on people, but I'm not going to make you the standard. Tell your neighbor, don't make them the standard. They're going to fail. They're going to fail. They're going to fail. So, and this is why the Lord must be our standard for the discipline of order. Whenever I want order in my life in any area, somebody say, I got to read the red letters. Y'all know in the old Bibles, everything in red was Jesus. I've got, I've got to make him my example, my standard. I know what my pastor told me sounds good, but what does Christ say on this matter? Because there is something called man's doctrine. Ooh, and the devil is a lie. Somebody say the devil is a lie. So here's what I needed us to understand. Discipline requires a standard, and that standard is Christ. Let's look at verse number 11. The Bible says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Uh, y'all got to stay with me because this going to seem contrary to what I just said. Christ is the image of the standard, but it, uh, it is also Christ who has given some to instruct us on the standard. So, so, so my ultimate standard is Christ. But he's also said, because I can't walk with you day by day, I'm going to give you some that it can instruct you on the standard. Tell your neighbor, he's given me some. 
In other words, Christ has some that have been assigned to hold us accountable to his order. So what Brian was doing this morning, what Pastor Cole was doing this morning, because God had given them, they were trying to establish some level of order. They were trying to give us instructions. Somebody say instructions. So, 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 so God is saying, Christ is saying, I've given you something to give you instructions. And this is why the discipline for order is dependent upon our ability to submit to those that he has assigned. Here's the critical thing that he has assigned. So I only submit to those that God has assigned. And watch this. An unsubmitted believer is usually a believer full of disorder. Y'all know how folks say, I don't go to church, I don't do church, I don't do church, folk. I can do church all by myself. I'm going to get my ties to this homeless man over here. Somebody say the devil is a lie. At some point in your life, you've got to submit to somebody. Oh, tell your neighbor, you got to submit to somebody. See, somebody's spirit ain't like that this morning. So the question we must ask ourselves is, who am I submitted to? Not the preacher you like, not the preacher you listen to, but what spiritual authority are you submitted to? Who, watch this, do you allow to hold you accountable, not only to the order of God, but to the things of God? This is why, listen, I've been praying since I planted the church. God, send somebody my way that can hold me accountable to the order of God and to the things of God. And the reason why many pastors fail is because they don't have anybody that they're submitted to. So we've got to be careful even in our own lives. Who can hold me accountable? And watch this. We get so bent out of shape when people check us on certain things. And really all that is is God giving somebody in my life to hold me accountable. Watch this to what his word already says. Because many of us don't listen to his word when we read it. We don't listen to his word when the spirit convicts us. So sometimes God has to send a nation in your life. To hold you accountable for the word that he's already said. Somebody say, it's a word he's already said. Oh, for many believers, watch this. Their inability to set their house in order is because of their inability to submit. Hear this. Some believers just need to sit down and submit to somebody. Because beyond a preacher, many believers don't want to submit to anybody. Y'all, now I ain't just talking about a preacher. Y'all want a boo, but you don't want to submit to a husband. You'll never be a good wife if you can't submit to your husband. Oh, see, y'all don't like that. But watch this, not the one you pick, the one that God is giving you. See, some of y'all, that's why, this is why we live our lives and make decisions based on experiences. So because experientially I went through this, I now assign this characteristic to every single person in my life. And God is saying you could have avoided a bunch of heartache if you would have just listened to the one that I had given to you. Oh, Lord, we've got to ask God, who have you given to me? Y'all want a business, but nobody don't want to submit to no boss. You want God to make you an entrepreneur. But you have not submitted to somebody who's already been on the journey before. Tell your neighbor, I've got to submit. Oh, y'all want the blessing, but y'all don't want to submit to nobody, Pastor. Sit your behind down somewhere and submit. Now, notice this. Notice this. Watch what Ephesians 5.21 says. Is it on the screen? It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I don't submit to people for them to lord it over me. I submit out of reverence for Christ. If I want Christ to be glorified in my life, I want to submit. And notice this, it's reciprocal. 
So I know I just said something that may have seemed misogynistic, but not only does Serena submit to me, watch this, I submit to her. And the reason that I submit to her is because I know God has given her to me. So there's some areas in watch this, the Bible calls her my helpmate. So there's some areas where I need some level of help. I've heard men say, I ain't changing for no woman. Well, you're going to be a, a, a fool your whole life. And you're going to be by yourself your whole life. Man, it's wisdom submitting to your wife. Somebody say it's wisdom submitting to your wife. If God gave it to you. Because hear this. Your relationship, your business, and your blessing will always be full of disorder, void of submission. We can mess up a good thing because we don't want to submit. God sent you to the church, but because that that pastor called out that issue in your life, you don't want to submit. God gave you the man that you've been praying for, but because you feel like I'm I'm black, I'm a woman, and I'm I'm, I'm strong, I don't want to submit, and you mess up your blessing. We've got to know, God, if you gave this to me, I've got to be able to submit to it. And watch, I said this this is reciprocal. I know that God gave me this church, right? I'm not so crazy that I can't submit. Watch this. And y'all don't think of it as a hierarchy thing to pass the code. I'm not so crazy that I can't submit to Minister Dominique. I'm not so crazy that I can't submit to um, Deacon and Cindy. You know why? Because God has given them to me. So we got people so prideful that they do not want to submit. If you know somebody has been given by God into your life, and they call you out on an area that you know is not of God. Somebody say, all you got to do is submit. All you got to do is submit. That's good news to me, y'all. Notice this. Uh, notice why our text says, and he himself gave. Somebody say gave. gave. Some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. This means we have to identify whom the Lord has given us for us to be submitted to. Because if we can be honest, some believers have submitted to spouses and spiritual leaders that the Lord never gave. In other words, they chose them and not God. I know she's fine, but God ain't choose that one. I know he got a lot of money, but God ain't choose that one. Watch this. I know. See, some folk won't come to our church because of the building. Some folk won't come to the church because our, our children's church ain't set up like it is. You take your behind to somewhere that God did not give you, I bet you're going to find more disorder in that church than you will in this one. And this is why we've got to be so sensitive. God, this is why the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God, order my steps in such a way that those that come into my life, that you'll make it clear those that you've given unto me. And listen, it won't always feel good when you first meet them. You know why? Because God sends people in our life, remember what the text says, to make us to the full measure of Christ. It's always going to feel a little uncomfortable. It's always going to feel a little, a little tight because they're going to challenge us in areas that we've never considered for ourselves. One of the reasons why I know that I'm supposed to be married this morning is because she challenges me in areas that I would never challenge myself. That means God is trying to shift me and shape me as a result of who he's given me. This is how you know you're in a good church. Y'all want to go to church and feel good afterwards. But I want to go to church where a church shifts and shapes me into the image of Christ. If you go into a church and you're not challenged to be better, somebody say run. Oh, 
you got to run, run, run. Run. I had to run up out of some places. I remember me and Dickie. Digging and Cindy, I took them to a church a few years ago for Easter, and Digging and Cindy say I almost got up and left. Because it reminded us of something that we had no business doing. And watch this. I preached at a church that I should have never preached at. Because God never gave me the assignment. Sometimes your heart can be so open to helping people. And God is saying, I said this on last week, don't get in the way of God. Because when they don't listen to correction, maybe God is trying to set up consequences. And that church trying to use our little church to get some money, y'all. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Ooh, watch this. And I need us to understand this. If we desire to have order sustained in our lives, then we need to pray to God to send us the shepherd that we've been called to, to submit to. But I need us to understand beyond the shepherd, our submission does not pertain to shepherds only. Many times God will assign seasoned believers in our lives to hold us accountable for the order of God in our lives. Did y'all hear what I just said? This ain't just got to do with a pastor. Many times he will send folk in our lives to cause us to be held accountable to what he's already said in our lives. I'm going to give you some examples with scripture. I believe it's on our screen. Elihu held Job accountable to the order of God in Job 32. And notice you can be a seasoned believer and still be young. Y'all heard what I just said? Elihu was younger than those that he started to rebuke. Somebody say, I can still be seasoned. In other words, no, the Bible says Nathan held David accountable to the order of God in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Who's going to go to the king and tell them you're out of order? Many of us, God has revealed something concerning our pastor. T tell y'all, this is not Pastor Keith. When y'all see me in some level of disorder, Somebody say, come to me. All right, I'm not that high and mighty that the, the, those of you that God has watched has given unto me. Can't say, Pastor Keith, I don't understand this one. God, Pastor Keith, I don't see this in the word, but many of us, because there's this level of ma manipulation from the pulpit, do you think Nathan would have ever went to David if David was not a humble servant? Stay away from these prideful pastors. Hear this, and even Priscilla and Aquila held Apollos accountable to the order of God in Acts 18. They all had sense enough to submit. This means when a seasoned saint attempts to hold you accountable to the order of God, somebody say, have sense enough to submit. We've got to have sense enough to submit. And Hebrews 13, 17 reminds us with these words. Obey your leaders. Submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Because your ability to walk in order and sustain order in your life is dependent upon your ability to submit to the one that God has given you. And here's the key text that God has given. Many of us have messed up our lives because we submitted the folk that God ain't given us. We've got we've to get the world's narrative and the world's way of characterizing and, and assessing things out of our mind. Because remember, Christ is a standard. So if I'm not giving myself and submitting myself to people that are at least trying to pursue the standard. I'm, I'm not saying that Pastor Keith has to be the standard, but he, need, he at least needs to be pursuing the standard. Y'all get that? If you marry a man that is not pursuing Christ, somebody say run. run. Some of y'all don't marry folk because he's fine and all that, but he ain't pursuing Christ. And you wonder why you divorced six months later. Somebody say run. run. So because the discipline for order requires submission. I'm trying to help y'all. Now, 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 let's look at verse number 12 and I'm going to be done. The Bible says, 
for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God establishes order in the life of one believer for the edifying of other believers. The only reason that God establishes order in our lives so that I might edify another believer. Don't waste the order of God in your life. Somebody say, I'm not a Lone Ranger. I've got to edify somebody else. And that means sustaining order requires our service to God. And somebody may be saying, why? Why do I have to serve so that order might be sustained in my life? Because it's easy to be disciplined when I know that someone else is dependent upon the order on my life. When I know that somebody is dependent upon me walking circumspectly with Christ. When I know that somebody else is dependent upon me getting in my word, having a level of prayer life, making sure that I, I, I exemplify the fruit of the spirit, it makes me more disciplined. Listen, and I was telling my wife, I don't like my job. Say Pastor Keith don't like his job. I don't like my job, y'all. I feel like that season is over. But because I've got children that are dependent upon me. The reason why I get up every morning, the reason why I do things that I do not want to do. My flesh may not want to do it, but there's somebody else dependent upon me. And here's the, here's the problem with a lot of believers. We believe because we don't have a title that nobody else is dependent upon us. Somebody say somebody's dependent upon me. The reason why she Sam, I'm so hard on you is because somebody's dependent upon you. Like the reason why I push all of y'all so hard to be all that you can be in God is because you may not know it, but Kim, somebody's dependent upon you. And many of us live raggedy lives because I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to please my flesh when I want to please it. And somebody is suffering because you have not chosen to serve. Tell your neighbor, get your life in order. Get your life in order. Uh, this is why our foundational text says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. He don't just equip you for no reason. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So that means if order isn't sustained in your life, you, mean, you may need to ask yourself, who have you been serving? That's a critical question. If you don't know how to keep order in your life, you gotta ask, who am I serving? Who am I giving myself unto? Who, who am I causing to walk in order as well? Tell your neighbor, I've gotta be serving. So this is why the latter portion of Galatians 5.13 admonishes us with these words. The Bible says, serve one another in love. So here, here's what I'm trying to say. When you set your marriage in order, serve another to help them set their marriage in order. When you set your children in order, serve another to help them set their children in order. When you set your life in order, you've got to help somebody else set their life in order. Because God does not cause you to walk in order to waste his order. God does not cause you to walk in order to waste his order. It's not so that you can boast that God has pulled me out of the miry clay. Watch this. Who have you pulled out of the miry clay? Because your life has been set in order. And watch this. We've got many, too many believers saved but not serving. Y'all don't like that. Y'all saved but not serving. What a sad tragedy. God doesn't need you taking up seats. He needs you serving. And even more, watch this. The order in your life doesn't need you sitting. It needs you serving. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 through 26 declares this. That there should be no schism in the body. That the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. 
That means the body depends on our discipline and we can be disciplined when we know the body depends on us. Did y'all hear what I just said? The body depends on us being disciplined concerning order. And we can be disciplined when we know the body depends on me. You, you listen. And, and, and in earlier portions of that text, it says no one can say that I can't say to the foot that I have no need of you. It does not matter your title. It does not matter how long you've been saved. Somebody is dependent upon you. Listen, this is why this is why I get so happy when folk join the church, not because of numbers, but Elizabeth, I was depending on you. I know that may seem crazy, but Valerie, when you join, I was depending upon you. And every time somebody steps inside the fold, I know that God is sending help my way. You did not know. You thought the church was helping you, but no, baby, you helping to me. Oh, that's good news. But many of us, and this is why the Bible says, let no schisms be in the body. Because y'all know when folks start coming to the church, we feel like, oh, pastor ain't going to talk to me like he used to. Oh, I'm not going to have the seat that I used to have in church. Oh, I'm not getting invited to these meetings anymore. No, when that person comes, somebody say, my help has come. So I've got to make sure that I'm just not sitting in a seat. Elizabeth, I'm going to let you sit for a little bit, but there's somebody that's depending upon you. Valerie has already started putting her hands to the plow because somebody's depending upon her. This is why none of us need to just so be so focused in our own area. Y'all know that? We get so focused why this is just what I do. I just, I, I just sang. I don't pick out, I don't take out no trash. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Because somebody is depending upon you. Oh, that's good news to me. And this is why the discipline for order requires our service. Hear this, the power for perpetual order is found in our discipline. This is why our discipline is so necessary. And what a sad tragedy for any believer to start in order but that order never be sustained. We need discipline, watch this, to both obtain order and sustain order. I don't want to just set my house in order and then next week it's all out of order. This is why discipline for order requires a standard. Somebody say Christ and Christ alone. Our discipline for order requires submission. That, that means to the one that Christ has given. Somebody say Christ has given. And why our discipline for order requires our service. Somebody say no more sitting. Once we have order in an area, then we help someone else establish order in that same area as well. We're called to serve one another. And when we fulfill these requirements for discipline for order, we can sustain order in our lives. But, but I believe that God does even more through this discipline for order. I need us to see it in our text. It should be on our screen. Consider verse number 13. The Bible says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That means, watch this, that the discipline for order will produce the stature of order. I I want y'all to understand something about this word. In our text, it's the Greek word helikia which means maturity or full term. Uh, so whenever a woman becomes full term, it, it, it's, she's, met, she's come to her stature. This is the place um, in order that God is fully pleased. God's not pleased just because you took one day to set your house in order. He's looking for you to come to the stature of order, to this place where order is sustained because God ain't going to do nothing with you. Watch this, he can't do something with you in one day. But God needs some level. Somebody say consistency in my life. 
And here's this, I want to be disciplined, not just for the sake of saying I'm disciplined in this area, but I need God to be fully pleased. I don't know about y'all, but I want God to be fully pleased. And God says, when you can be disciplined in a thing, when you can have a level of order where, watch this, this is why the Bible talks about us, let us make man in our image and in our likeness where it becomes so natural, uh, uh, the natural state of my being is the order of God. There's a place in God where I can get so disciplined to his order that it becomes, somebody say natural. And God says that's the place where I'm fully pleased with you. We've got to make sure that not I'm just disciplined because I want to say I'm disciplined in any area, but I want God to be fully pleased with me in the area. When we set our houses in order, that order must be sustained by discipline until we reach the stature of order. If you want to reach the stature of order in your life, if you want God to be fully pleased with you, I want you to stand to your feet. I believe God has been challenging us over these course of these few weeks to set our houses in order. I don't know about y'all, but I've still got some areas that I got to clean up that I've got to, as the text says, sweep clean and set in order. I want you to get that on your mind, whatever that may be. The area in your life that you know needs to be swept clean and set in order. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, for this sermon series. And we thank you, God, that you've come, God, that we may set our houses in order. Thank you, God, for this command. Thank you, God, now correction is on the way. God, we need discipline. God, many of us have a desire. Many of us know your design. God, many of us even have revelation of the doctrine. What you want to teach us through order. But God, the sad reality is many of us are not disciplined. It's hard to stay away from that cake. It's hard to stay away from that man house or that woman house. But God, I pray, God, that you can help us be disciplined. God, we want you to be fully pleased with us. So God, we thank you for your standard. That is Christ and Christ alone. God, many of us have been looking to the wrong places. We've been looking to our man. We've been looking to our mama. We've been looking to our mentor, but we should have been looking to the Messiah. God, we'll keep our eyes fixed on you, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. God, you are the standard and the standard alone. And God, for that, we say thank you. And God, we thank you, God, that you've given us some. God, there's a husband, God, that you've given us. There's a wife, God, that you've given us. There's friends, God, that you've given us. God, there's a ministry and a pastor, God, that you've given us. And God, for that, we say thank you, God. But help us, God, to open up our eyes, enlighten our eyes, God, that we may see who you've given to us. God, let us not use our intellect, our reasoning, God, but lead us by your spirit so that we might submit. God, we're not too proud, we're not too high and and mighty that we can't submit to somebody. And all that means, God, is we're not going to let nobody lord some stuff over us, but they're going to hold us accountable to what you've already said. And God, we say thank you for that. And God, we thank you, God, that we'll serve. God, we'll serve. God, we'll serve. God, somebody is depending upon our order in our lives. God, we're going to set our houses in order, God, so that we can serve somebody else. Somebody is on the brink of dying because we failed to serve. Help us to serve, God, to put our hands to the plow and not look back. God, because if we know that the body is dependent upon us, we can be disciplined. 
And God, we thank you for it. And God, I pray, God, for all of us, as we're on this journey, God, let us get to the stature of order where you're fully pleased with us. As Paul said, not that I've already obtained it, but I press towards the mark of the higher calling in Christ Jesus. We'll keep pressing, God, until you're fully pleased with us. We love you, we adore you. And every heart that wants to set their houses in order, but not just set them, but sustain order in their houses, say thank God and amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you got anything out of this series, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I want to say this, that I need everybody connected to the way church to begin to set their houses in order because Pastor Keith is dependent upon you. There's a level of area in my life that I'm suffering because your houses are not set in order. And it's in like manner for me. I'm going to be perusing my life, examining my life and saying, God, where are the areas where I need to set my house in order? Because somebody is dependent upon me. Amen. There may be somebody here this morning who says my life is all out of order. It's jacked up. I'm living any kind of way. I don't have a standard. I'm not serving nobody. I'm not submitted to anybody, especially not God. But this morning you said, I want to set my house in order. And I want to start by giving my life to Christ. That's you. I want you to come to this altar. That's you and you're watching online. I just want you to say, I want to give my life to Christ this morning. The best decision you can make in the beginning of setting your house in order is to give your life to Christ. If that's you, you can come now. I want to set my house in order by giving my life to Christ. If that's you, just put it in the comment box. And although I can't see the comments, I want to pray. Somebody might be saying, how do I set my house in order? The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of his glory. So in other words, I'm saying that I need a savior. And I already said this in my sermon series that Christ has to be that savior. He's the standard. So you're saying I'm going to allow Jesus to be my savior. I know he died on the cross. He got up in three days with all power in his hands. He bore my sins on the cross. And if you believe that, you can be saved. And not only that, I've got to submit to Christ. A lot of people know that Christ exists, that Christ died on the cross. But many people don't want to submit to Christ. Cause him to lead you wherever he says to go. Causes you to say whatever he says say. If you can make that declaration this morning, if you can confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, the Bible says you're saved. If you made that decision, I want to pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the one that has come. Thank you, God, for the one that has given their life to Christ. They made the best decision they could ever make. Not joining a church, not listening to a pastor, but submitting their life to the one who died for their life. And God, for that, we say thank you. God, I pray, God, that they now walk this journey according to your word, led by your spirit, God, and governed by you. Help them to lead this journey in that way, God, I pray. And God, I pray, God, that you connect them with a body. Let them know, God, that somebody is dependent upon them and and they are dependent upon the body. So connect them with a local body. Give them a local pastor, God, that can lead them in this journey, God, we pray. We thank you and honor you. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for whoever gave their life to Christ this morning. And lastly, before I ask Pastor Cole to come up here, there may be somebody saying that I need to be connected with a church. 
I walked in this morning. I've been coming for a few times, but I feel like this is the place where I need to be. I'd love to be a pastor. Matter of fact, I'd love to be a shepherd. If that's you, I want you to come forward now. Matter of fact, you can just slip up your hand. I want to be connected and in covenant with this church. Hallelujah. Well, keep on visiting, y'all. Praise the Lord. And if somebody who's uh, online that would love to be a part of this church, I want you to say, I want to join. I want to be a member. I want to be in covenant. And somebody will contact you. Somebody will get in um, connection with you. You can send us a message on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever you're watching this. And then we'll make sure that we connect with you. Hey, man, can we give another hand clap of praise as Pastor Cole comes up this time?